How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Hey everyone, welcome to the OFT Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Voles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. And joining me once again is the podcast legend, Jude Seymour, and the Chief Inspector, Brendan McAlinden. Fellas, I've never seen a fucking fan base piss and moan and be just like just stupid after losing more than BYU over these last few days. I thought we were moving on to play Stanford, but oh my God, it is the Twitter is just is like a, you can't go anywhere. These Mormons are everywhere and they're coming. More, so, more so than the Cal people complaining about the, uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The Rittenberg. Uh, I've, I've never seen a visitor. Anything like to- I've never seen a visitor to a um, opponent's, you know, shindig, I guess, right? The Shamrock series complain more that we didn't talk more about why wasn't there BYU uh, iconography all over the stadium? Why didn't they mention BYU in the postgame presser? Why Why wasn't BYU made a full? Why wasn't this a recruiting uh, boon for BYU? I don't understand it. Why couldn't BYU get in on It's not a home game, you losers. It's, <laughs> it's not a bowl game either. I mean, no one chanted F the Mormons, right? So we're ahead of uh, two fan bases. Well, there was one guy. I mean, well, I don't know if you saw the there video. Was some vid- there was some videos. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> there wasn't, there wasn't, there, there wasn't um, outspoken um, or widespread. Uh, not widespread, yeah, yes. Because there was some outspoken. <laughs> 
<laughs> there was one guy. I saw I saw one where a guy was being dismissive of BYU, but I don't think it was anything more than just general shit talk. Uh, there was one guy, though, in a BYU section that um, made a complete uh, ass of himself. Yes. Uh, I will say that, uh, I mean, BYU's got no fucking room to talk. They will, they, they can sit and spin. The amount of shit that they talk about the Catholic Church is, they can go fuck themselves. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to hear it. I don't care. Uh, you know what? Everyone gets made fun of. Uh, I'm going to make fun of you. I mean, does you need to be do you need to be belittled in public? No, but on the internet, you want to talk some shit. We'll talk some shit. But it was it's a bit insane. I mean, honestly, like the like two three straight days of just all sorts of nonsense, and these motherfuckers can't even take a joke. Like they were bitching and complaining about all this stuff. So I quote tweeted it and said, "Join a conference, right?" Like that's a fucking funny joke, right? <laughs> oh, I think it's what, funny. What a, and they use the word retard. Oh, what a retard. We did join a conference. Like, like I, I kind of realized I would go like above their heads a little bit because you can't hack it as an independent. But, I mean, come on. Yeah, it's a funny joke. But they, they went ballistic. Like, look at this idiot. He doesn't know anything. We're about to join the Big 12. Ugh, no shit, BYU. No shit. Big yikes. But anyways. Well, on to Stanford, right? Yeah. I, you know what? I hope that BYU, I hope this gets back to them and they know that we still talked about them on a Tuesday night so they could feel like they, you know, we, we made up for whatever feelings they were hurt because no one talked about them because you fucking lost. Moving on. I think we, you know, I think if. I think we vanquished that foe, right? I think so. I think if, <laughs> I think if the BYU team spent as much time caring about what Notre Dame did post game, um, if they spent as much time doing that, uh, just I don't know, keeping an eye on number eighty-seven and uh, trying not to let him have his way with them, they might have had a better outcome. Uh, I'm. I think they had an eye on him. I think uh, 87 just, oh, he rose to a higher power. I would, I would just, I would drag him to the ground before I let him get free. I honestly would. I just like the amount of release that, that he had on a couple of those plays was just um, not great. If you're playing defense. <laughs> no, but I mean, we're talking about Heisman candidate, Michael Mayer. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah, I'm mean, right. one of the four. Yeah. <laughs> well, <Brendan>. I mean, <clears throat> it's Hendon Hooker's to lose now, but uh, Michael Mayer could get a bite. I don't know. But I don't know, man. John Sott's coming on fucking strong. <laughs> Every weekend is Saturday. You, you know who else is uh, is making it in the straw poll? Tobias Merriweather. Because we keep converting third downs with him out on the field. What an amazing freshman season he's having. They'll be mad because Tobias Merriweather isn't getting, isn't catching balls. Be happy that he's out there while we're converting third downs. You know, there's no, there's, there's, that's sound logic. That is sound logic. Yeah. I mean, if you're, you are so good that you just like radiate vibes to get first downs, first down vibes. That's what's happening. Speaking of 
radiating vibes. Just want to remind everybody, get on over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review. Any review that you leave, we will read on the next OFD podcast. Brennan, what kind of reviews are we looking for? Uh, we are looking for those earned Drew Pine five-star reviews. Whoa. You know, I have, on, I have it on good authority um, from friend of the pod, Greg Flamont. He compared Drew Pine to Joe Montana. So that's a five-star player. So, yeah, earned five-star. Yeah, sure, yeah. Five-star five according star. To, to Greg Flamont. I would say that – Drew Pine's completion percentage is about 20 points higher than Joe Montana's ever was. So that is absolutely fact. It's a different era, but <laughs> I will say what, and I should, I should probably know this more than you guys, but uh, Drew Pine isn't from Ohio. So, but I'm pretty sure his recruiting ranking like drastically dropped from like sophomore year to junior to senior year. But I think like his sophomore year, he was considered like one of the, like one of the top five, 10 quarterbacks in the country in that class. They mentioned it in the broadcast. He was the most sought after recruit as a 16 oh, uh, year old. Oh, did yeah. they? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, just, just remember like being excited about, about, you know, you're hearing about that as you're following recruiting, like, oh, this is like, but then seeing that ranking drop down. So, uh, I mean, redemption, five-star Drew Pine. Right. Yeah. I mean, he probably would have been a five, he might've been a five-star if they went that early. Um, and then he just stopped growing, <laughs> you know, when he was 16 years old, they were like, you know, and this kid, when he's like six, two, six, three this is going to be amazing. And he's like, well, you know, who had him as a five-star without looking at Garrett lemming lemming. Yeah. As like a sophomore. Oh, Notre yeah. Dame offered him five-star. Yeah. Yeah. Lemming's all lemming went on probably sports beat <laughs> to, uh, to talk about this true pine kid. <laughs> Oh, did he talk so to Gary Pritchett? This, uh, Drew Pine guy out of uh, New Canaan, Connecticut. <laughs> Sorry, podcast legend. I, I'm not going to be able to, get, to let this one go. Uh, moving on. <laughs> All right, I got a review, fellas. So let's let's uh, listen to this one. Five stars from Dylan Domer. Uh. Listen, if you're going to leave a long title up top, just know that uh, I'm never going to be able to read all of it because of the way the app is. I mean, Apple Podcasts is a pretty shitty app, but uh, it says only two and a half hour pod I ever regularly MA. I'm going to say it probably means manage to listen to always with a smile on my face. <clears throat> this probably would have earned five stars on its own, but the aggressively mediocre audio quality, not Jude's fault. <laughs> and random background noises really give this the perfect bar talk with the guys feel to it between Jude's way too rational takes Josh going full Braveheart over anything and everything Ohio and Brendan's opponent previews that make every team sound like hot garbage. This is a great mix of smart analysis and off the wall entertainment questions for the guys. Why are ta- God damn you. Why are tacos undeniably superior to burritos? They're fucking not. And if you could choose any broadcast, no, they're not. And if you could choose any broadcast crew to replace Collinsworth and Garrett, who could it be? Caveat being they haven't already called ND games before since Tariko is clearly the GOAT. He has to go. That is true. Whatever. Wow. Um, Okay. So I want the Manning cast. Give me the Manning cast, and that's it. I'll just sit there, and you can bring it. 
So this is it. this is the type of men Dylan produces, huh? I want the Manning cast for Notre Dame. Just give me that. Um, and that's a good choice. That is. A, I, I, I'll. Are you talking about gonna, you talking about Dylan Hall or Dylan your son? <laughs> Dylan Hall. <laughs> hey, it's all right to be jealous. It's okay. I just I'm, this says Dylan Domer, D I L L O N. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm just gonna imagine that. Yeah. I mean, I wanted I wanted to spell my son's name D I L L O N. So but, what is it? Uh, is it is it Gus and Joel? Is that is that the uh, dream no, matchup? It's the Manning cast. Have you have you watched the Manning cast? It, like so first. Yeah, but you, you don't. You yeah. want that as a you want that as an alternate audio. You don't want that as no, the main audio. I want right? that as the main audio <laughs> because I I've never I have not one time. No 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 that's on that's not true because I think week two there wasn't a Manning cast so I was subjective. No 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 no, no the dream the dream cast is Gus Johnson and Robert Griffith the third. Oh wow! That, be, that shit would be off the hook. Be off the rails. Off the rails. It would be out of this fucking galaxy. How many? Give how many double entendres do you think Robert Griffin can get away with before they somebody's like, "All right, Robert, you got to tone this down." As, no, as, many, as, as many as he wants. He, I mean, they I, put him on the late slot last week, and like I barely, I barely tweeted out. I barely tweeted out something about a girl in white shorts that people were losing their minds. <laughs> I wanted the camera to go back to her is all. <laughs> Mm, yeah, he was Pac-12 after dark, wasn't he? This week, Check. Robert. Yeah, yeah, and I I enjoyed every second of it. But uh, good for him. <laughs> I he's he's, he's, he's climbing up the him. charts. Oh yeah, he's he's definitely climbing up the charts. But yeah, Gus and him uh, together. That's that's a strong combination. A lot of energy. A lot of energy. And I feel like the juxtaposition, like. Gus has old man energy. I don't know if you you caught Gus this week where he was talking about TikTok and he, he Gus has no idea what TikTok is. It's the year of our Lord 2022 and Gus has no idea. He was like, "What's TikTok? What is TikTok?" Gus is not a young man. No, he's probably he's older not. than Tariko. Oh yeah, yeah. He's and but he's just boy. cooler than Tariko is all. You think he's younger? He just uh, he does a few more bumps before each broadcast than <laughs> Tariko. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> listen like, I, I i used to like the th- what was it the thursday night lineup was uh adam amin pat mcafee yeah. and uh, was it hasselback or mac brown yeah it was hasselback that was a good was one. It hasselback yeah that was yeah. solid yeah yeah i like that a lot so uh, you know i've been going to we're almost done with volleyball season and although i brought the same type of energy as a uh all throughout little league uh, this summer volleyball is like, I've taken it to a whole new level. Uh, we're talking junior high volleyball. So like, there's not a whole lot of like big time cheering going on. I am loud. I mean, I am fucking loud, uh, at these junior high, uh, volleyball games. And what's funny is, you know, I get like, I get fist bumps after every game from parents, like super pumped. The, the girls are like super happy that when I show up and get super, you know, they're all pumped up to, to go to it. And I'm just like, I am bringing Gus Johnson energy to Hicksville junior high volleyball. This is fucking the dream life. Gus Johnson hero. Gus Johnson is very good. Yeah. Uh, so there- I do want to, I do want to address though, that uh, tacos are not superior to burritos. It's a they fucking are. farce. Well, you're outnumbered anything, on this podcast, so you're wrong. Anything that you can put in a taco, you can put it in a burrito, son, and I can eat it cleaner as a burrito. I could be riding my bike. I could be jogging. 
I could be doing the dirty deed. I do love burritos. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I've ate a burrito once while I did the dirty deed. So <laughs> jokes on you. Not to besmirch the burrito, but uh, the vessel on which the taco is crafted in the uh, soft corn tortilla is the it's the king of uh, vessels. There's nothing that beats it. Nope. That delicious masa. Give me. Nope. Nope. I mean, we're never going to agree on this, but here's the thing. Here's the greatest thing of all. I fucking love tacos. I love <laughs> like I, I will kill me. So tacos like it's yeah. this, this, this isn't a this isn't either or this isn't fucking russia i mean this is america motherfuckers i could have tacos and burritos and in fact on cheeseburger by week by weekend on that saturday i had tacos and then sunday i had burritos <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> gotta live it up man my uh speaking of which i was um i don't know how to take this so that that Sunday, uh, after the bi- that Sunday of the bye week, we went uh, we went biking and hiking up in the Pokagon State Park up in Northeast Indiana, and took my daughter's uh, boyfriend with us, uh, and so you know we go do the whole nine. We we do a shitload of biking up and down hills, you know we do a whole bunch of uh, hiking and all that stuff. You know I got a I got a blown Achilles and two other torn ligaments in a foot. I'm like half dead, but I'm starving. So we go to eat afterwards, and this is what this is what I'm getting to. I'm a I am a fat I am like a military eater. Like I am a I am a prison eater. Like as soon as food gets put in front of me, it will disappear quickly, whatever the size, whatever. So we went to uh, to Moe's, uh, <laughs> Moe's Southwest Grill, and got you know those are some pretty decent sized burritos. Those are big ass burritos. Did you get a home wrecker? I did not get the home wrecker. I just got a. Uh, I oh, uh, just got a steak and then had him stuff it all up. I mean, it, it was it was a thick one. I think he got chicken or something. Like, anyways, he beat me. I wasn't racing him, but all of a sudden, I mean, I was eat, doing my thing. But I look over and all of a sudden he's like, he's done with his burrito. And I was. Um, I'll never take that L again, boys. I'm never going to take that L again. That little motherfucker ain't ever going to be. <laughs> eating again I, I, I can't believe that uh i can't even I, I just would love to see you around your daughter's boyfriend and just what kind of well presence that must be well it it's a it is a little stra- not strange it's it's a little different energy his his dad and mom were some of my best friends all through school so you know and we've like since since Liv and him were babies, you know, we've been, we've had played, you know. Oh, wow. This is like, this is like an ex- extension of the family in a way. You know what I mean? Like we've been, the, these have been my, my, you know, better, my best friends for fucking ever. So it's a little different dynamic. This isn't just somebody else's random asshole son. This is one of my best friends, asshole son, who's a really good kid. <laughs> so, you know, it's. I really hope they work out because it how really, long? How long did they start? How long ago did they start dating? I don't know. No one tells me these things. <laughs> I, I don't know anything. Has it been less than a month? Six months? A year? Uh, it was. Uh, I mean, I think since like maybe winter. 
I don't fucking know. Okay. I don't, Quite a long time. No, that, that, that's, that, I don't track that. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I don't track that. Uh, I know, uh, I know there was a, there was a couple of boys that she, that liked her, that she talked to. I don't fucking know. They're all scared of me and they should be. Uh, <laughs> Hudson's not, I'm never going to do what, what's that. Yeah. That's your job. You're the bombastic guy at the volleyball games. Yeah. And yeah, you know, down on the ball field, I am known, um, I, anyways, but, uh, being a loud, uh, loud person, I'm not, I don't know if I'm known as being an asshole though. So, uh, if any of you from Hicksville and you have sons, uh, around the ages of 13 to 16, I am, I, I have many knives. They're very sharp <laughs> and machetes and the whole nine. Uh, well, we can, we can make things interesting. So, all right, moving on from burritos and dating daughters and all that nonsense. Can you get your thoughts on, on this week's depth chart and Marcus Freeman's press conference, anything stick out to you guys? No, absolutely not. I mean, the depth charts, the depth chart, it's the same as it's been right for two weeks in a row now. Yeah. Uh, two um, weeks in a row now. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I'm, no, last week, last week you had Jacob Lacey on it. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I guess, um, he said Howard Cross is going to play Bracey's, uh, definitely maybe. Yeah, well, Bracey's questionable. Yeah, so that's a definitely so, maybe. We'll see. I I don't know. I I kind of hope if it's if it's questionable come game time, just sit him. Um, see if we can write I it out. I do agree. I think you should have no problem writing it out. Yeah, yeah. Let's not uh, let's not push that one. Everything's about the Clemson game. Just ask Pete Sampson. Yeah. Well, I would say everything at this point is about the um, Syracuse game. So uh, get them healthy for Syracuse. <laughs> uh, one of the I would almost get us go f- as far as saying everything's about the uh, the Stanford game. I I tend to not want to uh, I tend to follow the, the Brennan tradition because of, you respect your opponent, right? Well, dude? let's enjoy every game too, right? Well, I'm enjoying that, every game. I'm going to enjoy the hell out of the Stanford game. But yeah. I will so, say, if there's a team that's not going to beat you in the slot, it might be Stanford. Yeah, it's true. So I bring that up because one of the one of the tidbits that uh, that I enjoyed from Freeman's presser, and it, and it wasn't the one where he answered my question from the last podcast. I'm not sure who asked that, uh, but kudos to you for being a loyal OFD podcast listener. Uh, Tyler Orca, probably. I don't know. Um, was the fact that right off the bat, Freeman called this a rivalry game. Uh, and then when asked about it later, in the later in the uh, press conference, he, he brought up respect to the rivalry and all, and all that. And I was just thinking, you know, this is going to have some fans heads spinning because they, you know, we've talked about it numerous times in this podcast about rivalries, big R, little R, what, what, what the, definition of each one was for Notre Dame and yada, yada, yada. And I liked what I liked what, what Freeman had to say about it. And I think it was like a billion times better than anything Brian Kelly ever said. And basically what, what he said and and why he said it was, he he said, you you know, you have to respect the rivalry and this is perfect for Notre Dame. Perfect. 
uh, and it has nothing to do with Navy. What that does, what that tells me is that the preparation, and this is what Freeman said, the preparation and all that, they're all gearing up this week to play Stanford like it was USC. Right? Like that's what that's, that's what that sounds like to me. Like there is no slacking. This is a rival. There's a trophy on the line. Yada, yada, yada. Like, so if they're, if they're marching in that direction for this weekend, then I think that 17 point spread might be in a little trouble boys. Uh, I think so. that's good news that, 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 that keeps the focus. Look, that's what so, some of these coaches like Pete Carroll, urban Meyer assholes, both of them. But one of the best things they did during their tenures was to play the rivals that they played and fucking bury them. Like absolutely bury them because he made it all about that. Everything was geared that way. So like even Notre Dame was just pure shit. Like they were barely putting a uh, NAIA team out there in the Carroll era. Some years Carroll didn't care. They fucking went at it and took it to Notre Dame because they respected the rivalry. They prepared that way all week long. So for me, that was the best of the whole of the whole thing today or the other day on the press conference. That's what impressed me is just the kind of the way he said it, which gives me confidence in the way of Notre Dame's going to go about their business this week to get ready, uh, which has me confident for the rest of the season. How many points do you think Pete Carroll would have scored on Notre Dame in 2016? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What about 2014 when Sark let up on us? Because yeah, Pat Hayden yeah, told him yeah. to. <laughs> do, you think, do you think Carroll would have listened to Pat Hayden on that one? I mean, they would have definitely dropped at least 63. Oh, God. Both I mean, they had, they had 35 in the, at the half in 14. Yeah, and got the two touchdowns early in the third, and then they just foot off the accelerator. They right. probably could have hit over 80 easily. Yeah, they had like 600 yards of offense. It would have been a game that that when people wrote about the USC Notre Dame series, it would have to mention because USC had put up so many points. Right. Yeah, it, it would have been, it it would, would have been a Route 66 scenario. Or route 66. It would have been like a. A bit of like a Notre Dame Miami 1985 game. Yeah. But worse. Because <laughs> we because we were gonna bring that coach back the next year. <laughs> I don't think you can get much worse than uh Eric Parsegian talking about uh how disappointed Come he was. On, man. Yeah. <laughs> and Jerry Faust knowing that, he was gonna get fired. That that did make it worse. Actually he was across I think the he, I think he'd already announced at that point he was he was done. So that was even like right. even worse. So it was a give up. But just the fact that it was era Notre yeah. Dame's former legendary coach up in the booth that he said, it's like, this is not, you know, what, what year? You know, it was 1985. Can you imagine that in like in the Twitter era, how that would have been? Just imagine no. if it was like, just imagine if, uh, if Brian Kelly was just, he already announced he was leaving and they're getting smoked and he had fucking Bob Davey in the booth. Or, or Chuck Nasty, go come on guys. I mean, it was bad I'm enough. Not, like, didn't didn't uh, Faust end up? Didn't somebody put a dead dog on his porch? Isn't that a ooh. story? I don't I don't know I don't know that story. But uh, I, a, my funny, my father in law uh, maintains that somebody puts a put a, a dead dog on his porch, uh, which I, I I don't doubt it back then with the the sort of uh, lust and zeal people had. 
That's brutal. Yeah. I mean, like, so you don't like dogs, dude? I, That's fucking maybe, terrible. I don't think that they. I don't know. I, I don't know if they killed their dog. You don't know that. You don't I, know. What I, they don't did know that dog. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what they did to that dog. Maybe it was Clash with Mike, and that's why he's uh, he's he's not. Dude, don't fuck, don't don't say that, don't say that. Nothing but positive for the '86 season. It sounds like I just got blamed for what Brendan said, and I just want to I want to be clear about that. I I didn't say anything about dead dogs. (laughs) (laughs) I got Bo just staring at me right now. I'm just like, man. I mean, it's, 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 it's a fact, right? In a movie, if a dog dot, like you could have a hundred, you could, you could show a scene of like 150 orphans getting mowed down with a chain gun <laughs> by the Terminator and nobody bats an eye. But if like a dog happens to like bust its leg, everybody's in tears. Well, in the, in the, the rule, like a bunch of things is just uh, something bad. And one thing's a tragedy. Well, I mean, like, Top five saddest. Now, what if you had a whole field? What if you had a whole field of puppies get mowed over by a combine? Oh my god, that would be the the most brutal. I mean, you go top five saddest moments in movies, and you're like the dog and I am legend, old yeller, the scene in Homeward Bound, and it's just like it's dog scene. Uh, you know, uh, Marley Turner and, and Hooch, Turner and Hooch, where the red fern grows. It's just like dogs are the sadness. We don't. You, I. That's my bet. Shouldn't shouldn't joke about uh, dead dogs. Better better off movie. dead. Yeah, it's <sighs> dogs. It, can't do it. Must love dogs. Jude, have you ever have you ever got on your John Cusack movie watch list yet? I'm sorry, I was supposed to be watching okay. John Cusack movies. I feel like we've I've mentioned this a few times. You know, like I've never seen those movies. You never uh, seen the old John Cusack movies like Better Off Dead and and uh, so I. I haven't seen Better Off Dead, but I did. I've seen. Um, I mean, I've seen like Gross Point Blank and Say Anything, and no, no, we're talking before that. Before that, okay. Before that, like you get a young Demi Moore, uh, singing guitar bar to bar. Just saying. Okay. You get Bobcat the Goldblatt. Sure, the the sure thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Old John Cusack movies. Old. Like pretty gross pre gross point, basically. I mean gross point blank is also old, man. <laughs> Just right, but like uh, before that. Say anything. At least gross point. Say anything's nineteen eighty nine. So gross point's yeah. like ninety seven. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really consider say anything a John Cusack movie though. What do you consider it? You consider I own Sky anything? movie? John Mahoney mm-hmm. movie? Just a, just a movie. Just a movie? Just a movie that I don't care about that everybody brings up. <laughs> I think it's great. I think there's so many quotable lines in that movie. It's really quite amazing. So, I like, don't know. Uh, I, put it like a, I put it in the same I, category as Pretty uh, Pink. What does he say? Like, For me, I just want to find one thing that I'm good at and do it for the rest of my life, and that's, that's be with your daughter. <laughs> Day. I don't need. I don't need to hear that. Kind of nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Brendan. Yeah. I know you did the heavy lifting, the heavy scouting on uh, Stanford. Sure did, buddy. Sure did. So Uh, give me the bloody truth. uh, Well, that uh, the the review was a little bit of foreshadowing. Um, Stanford's bad, man. 
They're really, really, <laughs> really bad. And I'm going to say horrible. I can't wait to get the Clemson. Clemson fucking sucks, guys. Uh, well, we might have some problems with that one. But this one, <laughs> we're not going to have problems with framing this team as being absolute dog shit. Because they are. I mean, this, this, uh, what David Shaw has done to this program from like 2018 onwards. It's malpractice. Not, it's yeah. It's, it's malpractice. It's malfeasance. This is, it is absurd that he is still employed at his job with the way that this team, he should have been fired after last season. This team quit in the Notre Dame game, right? Famously, they gave up. They were, they checked out. They were done at the Notre Dame game. And when your team quits on you, during a season that should be, you should be going into the season on a hot seat and nobody is putting Stanford in a hot seat. They're like memory hold, right? They won two games last year. They haven't won a game against an FBS opponent since September 18th of last year. They have rifled off a unimaginable string of losses and they're not just losses. It's not like when Scott Frost was at uh, Nebraska and they were losing these like weird close games and in, you know, hilarious fashion. No, they're getting blown out in their losing streak. Since that, that Vandy game, they are losing games by a margin of 37 to 18. This season, they've lost games 28 to 41, 22 to 40, 27 to 45, 27 to 28 to a backup quarterback of uh, Oregon state last week. And just to to get you in the headspace of where David Shaw's at when he had his press conference, they asked him about it. And uh, he admitted that there were some residual effects um, with the the loss uh, to blowing that game against Oregon State last week and how they blew that game. Did you guys watch the ending of that game, that goofy ass Hail Mary? I don't yeah. understand how the defensive coordinator was allowed to keep his job after that. <laughs> how you bust that coverage on a hail Mary at the end of a football game. And he's able to just like scoot into the end zone. Like it's Will Fuller blown off, you know, uh, a Dory Jackson. I thought it was like what miles is- Boykin, uh, in the, yeah, in the- it's kind of yeah. like miles Boykin, except there was yeah. no less like, accurate, less acrobatic. Yeah. There, there was no like fluky tip or anything. It, it was, it was unbelievable how they lost that football game. Um, and just, Going into this game and, and you you ask yourself, well, what does Stanford do good? And I guess all season long, all season long, but but I've seen on mock drafts, Tan McKee, he's showing up on mock drafts, right? The PFF had him in the first round of the NFL draft to the D- Detroit football lines. And you know what? Perfect fit. Because <laughs> that loser can go play with the Detroit Lions. Um, the kid is two to one pick to touchdown to pick and, you know, uh, ratio. He's got 10 touchdowns, five interceptions, which you'd say to yourself, Hey, that's pretty good. Well, three of those touchdowns were against Colgate and nine out of 10 dentists agree that that's not going to get it done. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like Don't which, read it. that was written down. Which, no, that was, <laughs> that was off the cuff. Uh, yeah, oh, I mean, so brilliant. if you're telling me that Tanner McKee is great when he throws three touchdowns against Washington in a game that you lose 22 to 40, good on you. If you're telling me that he's great because he throws three touchdowns in a game against Oregon where you lose 45 to 27, all right. So, so, so what you're telling me is that he can score meaningless touchdowns in games that his team is getting absolutely housed. And it's not all his fault that he, his team's getting absolutely housed. Uh, 
Washington had eight sacks against Stanford. Eight sacks against Stanford. USC had five sacks against Stanford. Like, what, what do you think Notre Dame is going to do this weekend against a team that just had a gut-wrenching loss, is on a four-game losing streak? They haven't sniffed an FBS win in over a year. What do you, what do you think is going to happen? Do you, you think they're going to go out there and be super pumped to fly out to South Bend to play a night game? Be a lot better if this was a noon game. It might be better if it's a noon game, but you know what? Might be a little bit chilly in the air. It's chilly out today. So, I mean, if the temperatures, you know, what, what's the forecast? You haven't put, we're doing this early enough in the, weather, the, the season. The, 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 weather the weather report will be out uh, in the morning, which is when you're going to listen to this. And it's it's going to be a little nip, a little nip in the air. It's going to be a little, little rain, a little rain during the day for the tailgaters, just a wee bit. Uh, then there's going to be a little nip in the air come, uh, Come kickoff. We're, th- we're probably talking, you know, mid mid forties. Uh, that night, my, my my second half might dip down into the high thirties, maybe. Yeah. So guess what? This team coming off a brutal loss where they were absolutely gutted. They don't know how. They don't know how to win football games. And then it's a little bit chilly for these Cali boys. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. And the great news for them is, well, at least if it's if it's cold outside. You know, you you can rely on your running game and your run defense, right? Because that's the kind of that's the kind of game you play. Well, they have the 121st ranked rush defense. Everyone is running on them. They can't stop anyone from running the football. Does that bear? Does that bode well for them against Notre Dame? No, no, it doesn't because Notre Dame has a three-headed monster where seemingly every week one guy we're ready to bury because the other two guys are busting out. Chris Tyree's going to run for 150 this week, and and maybe this is the week where Estime looks normal. Probably not. He's going to run for another 100 yards. Will Logan but Diggs keep his feet though? Will he- Logan? I I don't know. I don't <laughs> think he needs to. Brendan, how many how many games has Stanford played at home this season? Uh, they have played three games at home this year. Road tilts against. So Utah, do you think or- the fact? Do you think the fact that they're not playing on a fucking cow pasture on Saturday night? Uh, will affect them in any way, good or bad? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know because um, they're not very good at running the football. Um, so there's that. Uh, if 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 you want to tell me that four four yards per carry when you have a game against Colgate in there, in which you ran for 604, uh, is good, uh, sure. Uh, they failed to, to crack four yards per carry in their last three games. It was 2.39 against UW, 374 against Oregon, and 333 against Oregon State. Repeating, of course. Uh, they can't run the football. They're going to rely on Tanner McKee, who has been sacked in two games a total of 13 times against a team that's probably hungry coming off you know, performance they weren't able to, to get after the quarterback a whole lot, and we didn't expect that against BYU. It's the one thing they do well. But um, the other problem that they're going to have is um, they fumbled the ball 11 times this year and given it away eight. They've thrown five picks. They have two total turnovers. They have an 11 minus 11 turnover margin, which is dead last in college. Is that is that is that good, Bob? No, no, it is not good. It's not good. And that's why I'm not overly concerned. Like if, if I'm Tariq Bracey, they don't play. They don't have a slot receiver. They don't they don't use a slot receiver. So I'm not concerned about not having a slot receiver in this football game. Um, and, you know, it would have been nice for Bracey to get in there to get a pick because I, I mean, Notre Dame's probably going to have multiple picks again. 
with the amount of pressure that McKee's going to be under and playing from behind and not being able to rely on a running game, he's going to have to throw the ball a lot. So there's going to be ample opportunities for them to be picking balls off and scooping them up off the turf because that's what Stanford does is they put the ball on the turf. 11 fumbles. Balls everywhere, man. Through five games is unbelievable. Like it, long past the days of Lance Taylor, <laughs> right? I just... Everything about this Stanford team going into the year, I thought that they were going to be the worst team on Notre Dame schedule. If Stanford played Notre Dame schedule, they would not win a single football game. They are that bad. They would beat UNLV? No. No, UNLV is secretly okay. <laughs> wow. UNLV is what? Four That's and two a this secret. Year? Keep it quiet. Yeah, we'll keep it quiet. UNLV is what? Four and two this year? They're okay. Yeah. They kept Cal close. UNLV is not abjectly terrible. They're probably the second worst team on our schedule, but they're not, they're not terrible is a good way to put it. Yeah. They're not Stanford. We'll just say that they're not Stanford. This is, this is like, we're getting into Tyrone, you know, Willingham at Washington levels of ineptitude with the coaching going on there. This is, this is getting into Charlie Weiss at Kansas bad for, for what's happening here. And the problem with Stanford and what they're going to have with this problem is he has cratered all goodwill that Stanford's built up over you know, from 2009 to essentially, you know, 17, all of that's cratered and gone. And for a team in the NIL era, in the transfer portal era, to have that goodwill disappear and have other academic schools step up in its place, USC and Oregon and UCLA in your conference all stepping up. And I don't see how Stanford can write this ship. Like you, this was the worst time for them to be bad. You needed to be good in order to keep momentum going and the momentum's gone. And I don't know how they get it back. I I just, when you watch Stanford play, it is just, it, you feel bad for them. They're, they're so embarrassingly bad. And we, I, I, and I mean, we can't feel too bad because he was asked in his presser um, about the uh, 2012 game again. And he maintains uh, that they scored on first down. Well, he's Are you idiot. serious? He's an idiot. Uh, yes. Yeah. He's uh, still yeah, he's talking a fucking about Ten years later? He was. Uh, he was. He was asked that question. No, but I would. I wouldn't even entertain it. I would just say, well, that's the that's the distant past. I'm focused on the. <laughs> well, he definitely. Well, he definitely oh, no. wants to say it. He, he spent, definitely wants he to spent say like it. a solid two minutes talking about uh, it. He was talking about how he was talking to guys in the the van and replay officials. And they all assured him that that Stefan Taylor scored on the, the first play of the game or the first play of the, the goal line stand. Man, Just, he's an idiot. Not true. So true. So obviously Stanford, you know, that was like, I won't say peak of this series, but I mean, like there was obviously a decade's worth of anxiety. Yeah. I mean, look from, what was it? Uh, from 2002 to 2008, Notre Dame uh, won all those games, and then from 2009 on, I think it was like, what was it, four and seven or some shit like that. And any or the last 15 years, it's uh, it's eight Notre Dame eight Stanford seven. So it's it's been a it's been a series. It's been a it's been a quote unquote rivalry. Until but, that, there was a hot minute that the Notre last Dame three, wasn't winning games. The last three games, last three games Notre Dame has played Stanford in. Uh, Last year, uh, 2019, 2018, because we didn't play them in 20 because of COVID. Notre Dame has won by an average score of 43 to 18. Yeah. Like, these have been big-ass blowouts. Um, 
it's, it's, it, it's no more like the, the shit that we went through with for, for that decade when all of a sudden it's like Stanford's a big game. That's gone. And that's all. That's fucking Stanford's fault. You know, they fell off. No, yeah, they I fell remember off. that. But the biggest tell, the biggest tell of all is that over the last four years, Notre Dame football recruiting, the amount of battles that we have with Stanford, they're not there anymore. Like we were losing guys to Stanford. We were having commits decommit once they got their accept that, you know, Notre Dame was their placeholder Whole until they got that. Acceptance. Yeah. Until they got that acceptance letter from Stanford. All of that is gone. None of that shit is happening anymore. And look, and I would love to give Freeman a little bit of credit on that, but this has nothing to do with Marcus Freeman either. It really had nothing to do with fucking Brian Kelly other than the fact that he was beating him so bad. Uh, so I don't know. I'll give some credit to Brian Kelly for for turning it around. Do you but remember how is, much of a, I, this, is, this is all Stanford's yeah. fault. They completely fell off. And this remember is how much David of a Kelly. measuring stick game that 2018 game was was hyped as. You know, we I got a shirt. Game. It was a top we we're going to find out who how good Notre Dame was. It was a night game. You know, Stanford was going to give them all kinds of trouble. And then I, th- I feel like that was an inflection point in this in this downward spiral that David Shaw has been engaged in. Yeah, I think that that it was such a true. big game. It's still my Facebook profile pick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was me, me on the field with that score behind me. But in 2018, that's how much that game meant, not just for the season at hand, but for the future of the program. It was like Stanford was a pain in the ass. Like to get over the Stanford hump that season was huge, right? Like it was just like it just, you know, finally winning out in Palo Alto after years of like just five, five, straight, five straight years yeah. of in Palo Alto. Was big, was big too. Like Notre Dame had to get over the Stanford hump. And whether people want to admit it or not, Stanford was a motherfucker. They have every right to be a, a rivalry for, you know, for a decade because – they were trying to do the same things Notre Dame was doing, and they were doing it better. They were recruiting better. They were developing better. They were, they were, strength and conditioning was better. They were winning. They won the, a, a fucking New Year's Six Bowl. Rose Bowl. You know, Jim Harbaugh showed up uh, at Brian Kelly's first year and beat the living shit out of us. He, be, Jim Harbaugh at Stanford in 2010, beat Notre Dame so goddamn bad that. Brian Kelly used it like this is where we want to be. Like we wanted to be Stanford back then. That, which you know, Kelly took some shit for saying that, but basically he wasn't wrong, right? Like we wanted to get back to being like a a, a fucking a Bully. good football team, which yeah, Stanford was. Yeah. You know, well, we didn't have Andrew Luck either, though. <laughs> Neither has David Shaw for a while. No, no, and th- and that's been part of their problem too is. Well, not really, because a big part of their problem, like for all of the accolades of Andrew Luck, um, it, I don't know. What offensive I, line. It was the offensive and defensive line because it was their yeah. ability. It was their ability to get into the backfield, um, which they kind of have now. I don't I don't want to boss linebackers, too, if I recall correctly. Right. They had some in. They had a good run of tight ends. They had yeah. good corners. Um and, and I don't want to say that Sanford's in, entirely ineffective because they do they do have 12 sacks on the air. Granted, um, seven of their 12 sacks came against Colgate and Oregon State. 
you know, they had one total sack against Washington and Oregon combined. But yeah, it's just not the same. They're, the construction of their team is not the same that it was um, a decade ago or even five years ago. I think that can you imagine probably the last decent Stanford team, like a good, a good Stanford team has problems filling half that stadium. Can you imagine how bad it is now? Can you imagine going out to, can you imagine if Notre Dame traveled out to Stanford for the end of the season this year when Stanford's got one, maybe two wins on the year. Can you imagine what that, what that fucking tune would feel like? I don't have to imagine because when you watch the game, like when I watched the Oregon State game, um, which is their first uh, their their first home game since the, the USC game, um, it was a ghost town. You could hear in like, you know, a stadium's empty when you can hear individual people in the crowd. Right. That's when you know that it's uh, that, that that nobody's there, like watching a Detroit Tigers game. Um, when you can hear the individuals uh, <laughs> along with the announcers. It was it was like a mausoleum to, um, you know, memorializing Stanford teams of years past. It was it was it was it was sad uh, a little bit. But then at the same time, it's not because because fuck Dave Shaw. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's the proper response for all of it. Okay. All right. So the spread is what, 16 and a half right now? 17. 17. 17. Okay. 17. Hard 17. Yeah. Any, any, any worries about covering 17? No. Right. No, I, I, well, here's, here's, here's a little nugget. Um, Stanford's one four against spread this year. They're not covering and they're getting these big spreads and they're getting blown out by them. So, um, you know, but Notre Dame can't cover a big spread. We've had two this. We've had two this year, had, and they've only had one over sixteen and a half. Um, and I mean, I, I mean, I, I I consider twelve and a half points a big spread. That was yeah. a cow game. Yeah, but I mean, that's two. I mean, we're talking three score spread here. Um, so Notre Dame is <laughs> right. Notre Dame's zero and one in the big the big spreads. Okay. Uh, Cal kept getting these goofy and I kept making money off of Cal and it was delightful. Like the, I was betting against Cal uh, basically all season because they kept getting these weird lines. Like the USC line was like four and a half. And I was like, this is free money. It was. And you know, they, they, they keep getting these bad spread, these like low spreads. And I don't know what the betters are doing. They have been uh, bullish on Stanford all year and they're, Brendan, you know what? A, you know what's a weird spread this week? Uh, I don't know if it's in the games that we're picking, but um, Oklahoma laying eight and a half to uh, to Kansas. Like Kansas I feel with like backup quarterback. Well, and I feel like um, I feel like the 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 uh, markets haven't caught up with Oklahoma because they they can't predict how fast this is this is falling apart. But like oh, this is like the 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 wheels on the the old schooner are falling off, right? And the interesting part about it too. Is that you? You say to yourself, you're like, well, of course Oklahoma can have the um, the 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 number in their favor favor because Kansas lost their starting quarterback, but Jason Bean came into that game and he threw four touchdowns in the second half. Man, like he threw four touchdowns in the second half of that game against TCU. 
So, I mean, and not for nothing, what was your favorite point against Texas, right? Like, <laughs> I, I got, there's so many of them. There's I mean, so many. Just so hard to pick, right? <laughs> and that seems like a team that, like, is does done. Kansas, does Kansas have a letdown from the TCU game or do they rally around it? But well, see, but I'm so, I can even, I'm see so torn about Oklahoma. Oklahoma. But I can see Oklahoma lose losing three more games, but I can also see him like going on and not losing again. Uh, I, can't I, I honestly could forty nine to nothing. Anyway. They look I can't lost, see man. Like, that's look lost. I. I understand. I'm just saying. Like it just feels like. I think it's because it just feels like I we don't, don't understand. I don't think anyone understands Oklahoma completely yet. No. I don't think anyone could say definitively what Oklahoma is. At this point, other I than just we like we can say definitively, surprise. They're surprise. We is a surprise. Giving up 41, 55, and forty nine points in three they're bad defensive weeks. teams. I think so it was I think it was uh, Bill Connolly who was tweeting about the fact that like his model literally can't, uh, it literally doesn't understand how precipitously fast Oklahoma is falling apart and isn't because his model relies on past years. Yeah, which is stupid as fuck. Well, and it's like it's de-emphasizing some of the preseason projections after every week. But Oklahoma's falling faster than <laughs> than basically they can get the garbage out of the system. Right. And, and you so play, you put up numbers, you put up good stats against UTEP, Kent State, and then you know the corpse of Nebraska. And those that's half the half the data points are those three trash games. And then as soon as they started playing ranked opponents, they're just getting housed. And he doesn't. The, the math doesn't know how to 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 recognize. Well, the math doesn't believe in momentum. Momentum math is not is a stupid. thing, according but, to uh, math. Is fake. You know, not to just, not to not to uh, just jump on Bill Connolly because I I feel like Vegas hasn't really corrected on on no. yeah. And so there's no. been some opportunities. I didn't, of course, take advantage of them last week because I was like, oh, Oklahoma will definitely keep it within. I think it was. Eight and a half or nine with with a uh, Texas and was like nope that did not happen so it was on the picks and right no it wasn't, it wasn't. no no it wasn't I, I put it like, on the on the staff picks I feel like it was eight and a half so it was it was Yeesh. anyways that if that's not a game we're we're talking about then that's fine I just I that one jumped up to, at me as like. I understand the whole Kansas situation with the quarterback, but still, this is this Oklahoma team it could be they could be really just crumbling, and and Venables could be losing the locker room, and this could be really bad. That, that I mean, it could have been a similar situation of what the Notre Dame locker room could have been like if the Cal game went sideways, right? Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. If if Notre Dame yeah. didn't find a running game. Especially uh, since we know how pissed off Jay Pat was after the uh, the Marshall game. Marshall game, yeah. I mean, when leadership is in that position, and the, I mean, obviously they channeled Jay Pat channeled that energy into to it looks like a turnaround, especially along the offensive line. Um, but yeah, if, uh, when you start streaking together losses in college football, it gets it gets bad. Look at Stanford. I mean, they started streaking together losses against um, teams last year. And every loss got seemingly worse and worse. And I've never seen a more uncompetitive opponent that Notre Dame's played um, outside of what Georgia Tech last year. Georgia Tech and uh, Stanford were about as the most 
uncompetitive have I've seen Notre Dame opponents. Are you talking about uh, Georgia Tech, the team you predicted would score the most points the against? The most them? points. That is uh, that is that is correct. Yes. Okay, just want to make They're sure. C- coming on like a swarm after they fired Jeff Collins. Yeah, I mean, you fire a coach. All these teams firing. Uh, I know they were. Like I, Leonard, I think they're undefeated. Wisconsin and um, Nebraska fires uh, Scott Frost, and they're coming on. You just fire your coach. So you know what? That just gives a little bit more. Um, just gives a little bit more cachet to, to Notre Dame's performance against Cuse in what, 2009? Eight. Eight, yeah, 2008. Yeah. Firehead coach, team plays better. Um, uh, you, you've you've provided this perfect opening for me. If I were Matt, if I were Matt Rule, I would I wouldn't take any college head coaching job, right? I just sit on my 40 million that the Panthers just gave me to go away, right? No, because. If you're a if you're a, if your profession is head coaching, you are sick and you need this, <laughs> right? You you you're not just going. And the ones that would sit on it, they never would have gotten to that position in the first place. Like there's a reason Urban Meyer keeps coming back. There's a reason that these coaches keep coming back to the game because they need it. Like Ugh. this is this is something like, that that they if, need. If, if you said to me, yeah. 40 million and you can live wherever you want, or you want to come to Lincoln or Madison. I'd be like, uh, yeah, I think I'll just go 40 mil and just pick my destination, my own destination. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, there's a reason these coaches coach till they're like, well, I would want to maybe sit out a year. That's actually probably the right play. Yeah. You sit out a year, do the college game day circuit. And then you, and then you uh, come back like Mac Brown, or Urban Meyer came back, right? You you sit the year out and wait for the job that you really want. Because you're and getting paid. You you're getting paid. Yeah. I mean, he's gonna somebody's gonna overpay for him. That's definitely true. But like, I guess the other thing I didn't really understand is like, does he get forty mil whether or not he takes another job, or does is that dependent? Like, does he get some of it subsidized by the next? Like, if he gets a job and he I gets paid nine million dollars, do like does Carolina off the hook for some of that then? It's, was Charlie Weiss off the hook? <laughs> right? No, no. I, no. I, especially if you stay within, the, if he goes to college, there's no way the NFL can say, well, you took a college job, right? You, they can't, they can't put stip. It's, it's, it's all about contract language. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know, but. And the way that these uh, buyout contract languages this, these days is it is so coach friendly and I don't know how long that's going to last. But, yeah. Um. Yeah, if I'm him, I might sit out a year, but he'll he'll be coaching again. I don't want the Nebraska job because I think it's a shit job. I don't want the, you know, Wisconsin, Wisconsin job because I job. think it's a shit job. But the Baylor job was a shit, or uh, yeah, the Baylor job was about as shit of a job as you could possibly imagine, right? Can you imagine, like, other than like Penn State post Sandusky, it's like Penn State post Sandusky and yeah. the Baylor Bryles. job, yeah. It's probably the two worst imaginable jobs you could take. And both both guys that took those jobs ended up doing good enough jobs to waylay it into lucrative NFL careers. Lucrative in the sense that they failed, but made lots of money. Because right? Bill so, O'Brien made some money. So crazy to me. Yeah, B.O.B. made a lot of money. You know, maybe maybe Rule wants to go slum it with Nick Saban for for a season, right? Be, <laughs> the offensive the, analyst. The, be a do the Nick Saban. Slum, and you know what? That's not a bad idea. Um, 
slum it with Saban for a year and then maybe take, um, I don't know. I don't know what jo- jobs are always opening up. Texas A&M job in two years. Oh, wow. Right? Well, how are they going to finish the Jimbo? Uh, man, that's a, that's a lot of statue. that's a lot of dough, man. You know what? That's a lot it, of dough. Yeah, but it a Texas A&M it, booster will pay it if they, they think yes. the Jimbo's not going to do it. And he looks so, like that he's is so not. fucking stupid. But I mean, it's it's stupid to pay a kid that's never stepped foot and taken a class on your campus, uh, you know, ten million dollars, and then doesn't stop them, does it? Oh, I mean, no, I mean, I I get it. <laughs> I get it. I just say it. It is stupid. It is very dumb. But I mean, giving Jimbo that money in the first place was dumb. Uh, for all of his third place SEC finishes, <laughs> you know, it's like the G. You know, it's like uh, Harbaugh getting the, the big money before he won one. It's like, well, congrats on your third place finishes. Hey, he finally won the Big Ten last year. Yep, it it only took uh, it only took what seven, eight years, seven years. The eight year plan, man. Yeah, doesn't work for all colleges, but but some will work for it. That's enough time for David Shaw to 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 drive your program into the ground. It was enough time for Tommy Boy to become a doctor, even though he, he wasn't on that path. He was not on that path. He was on the malted hops and bong resin path. Uh, yeah, he was. Uh, he learned a lot about Herbie Hancock, though. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, you start forest. All right. So is this time to is it time to pick some games then? Yeah, I think it's time to pick some games. Yeah, let's do it. Some games. Oh, all right. So we're going to start off with um, the game. I I hate this line because I hate both. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Let let the people let the people know what happened. Oh yeah, I'll let the people know what happened. I went four zero and one. We pushed the Kansas TCU game. It was a seven point line, uh, and it was a seven point game. So we pushed it. I went four zero and one. You boys. Pretty respectable at three one and one, but uh, just to give you a little update on the standings here, um, Josh is 22 12 and one, Jude 16 18 and one, and I'm 21 13 and one. Josh, I, ca- I caught up to you. Oh boy, oh boy, it's fine. Uh, wait, sh- you should address that as tally site college football against the spread champion week six, Joshua Voles. I am a Moneyline champion. Did you? Did you, you are Moneyline champion, J- J- podcast legend. Uh, well, hold up. Did you notice had the highest, the money li- the highest percentage on the money line? By the way, I went sixteen oh, and two on the money line this week. Did you see the whole money line standings? Like, there's the entire. Yeah, yeah it was just us podcast. and Hayden, <laughs> and then Hayden. Like yeah. you got four of deers in there. We hey, we I may sound drunk and stupid and loud. And uh, cuss like a fucking sailor. But you're crushing it. But I fucking we I I yeah I mush mouth I'll mush mouth my way through college football land. Wait, I mean, what do about it? We made 150 bucks last week. God bless America. God, we're I'm ready to fucking retire. Actually, we made 90 bucks, but because uh, you know we put the 60 and the the 150. But so I'm eating ramen a couple of nights a week. Oh well. Yeah. So I, I think we're. We're, we're on a streak. We're definitely on a streak. Um, if I'm looking at it between the 
three of us over the last two weeks, we have picked a grand total of um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games wrong out of 30. So we are 30 and seven or 29, seven and one. That's more than respectable. Yeah, we're crushing it. Especially this 2007 type season. Man, we said that we need to we need to retire 2007 until we get a UCF or a Kansas up in that top two spot. Because we did the, we did the 2007 I, last year. I said like 2007 like. It's been chaotic. It's been it's been just one blade of gla- grass like dropping. Well, this several is, of these games. This is the weekend where we can get an actual real shakeup in the top ten. Because we got I top can't. ten matchups aplenty. And I cannot wait. Oh boy, for what's I'm going on in. this weekend. Yeah, I'm I am <laughs> oh, locked in. buddy. Yeah, I am locked in. Um so I'm calling this one the fraudulent bull. Uh, the first game that we're picking. Michigan is hosting Penn State. They are a seven-point home favorite. I think Michigan is absolutely fraudulent. Uh, I've watched all of their dumb games this year. It is the same boring-as-shit offense that they've always had where they basically pound their dick in a drawer for four quarters and just hope Blake Corum squirts out for a touchdown. That's their entire offense. (laughs) That is so accurate. I have to watch J.J. McCarthy miss on a deep pass one more time I am going to gouge my eyes out with a spork. If I have to hear another announcer blow him in the middle of a broadcast as he's just looking like Evan Sharpley out there, I'm going to fucking lose it. Half of his passes look like Nate Montana throwing into the end zone against Michigan in 2010. (laughs) He's just sailing him. That's a reference that hurts people. You know that, Brendan, right? That's like that's the doctor's like, tell me where where on your body he touched you. And, And Brendan was like. Have you ever seen the 2010 Michigan game? I mean, the rainbow was there. Rudolph scored that touchdown. Should have been a win. Um, Yeah, so Michigan is a seven-point favorite. I don't know what Penn State is. Do you guys know what Penn State is? Like, what is Penn State at this point? Like, what is Michigan hasn't played anyone to this point. I mean, Indiana, Iowa, UConn, Hawaii, um, it just... A murder Maryland, a murderer's row of of mediocre teams and Penn State's hanging their hat on a win against Auburn. So. I don't know, it's a top 10 matchup. Michigan's a seven point home favorite. Who wants to jump on the grenade of this one? So I, I definitely agree with you that someone's getting pantsed in this game uh, and we are finding out that somebody is really not worth their record. Having said that, I don't want to bet jo- James Franklin because I think his in-game management is fucking terrible. Um, so I'm going to take Michigan and lay the points. Okay. That's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I like. It, Michigan I, has I fucking gotta, played nobody. They have absolutely fucking played nobody. I, I gotta, I gotta, Penn State, Penn you know State that has was? played. Joshua, you know what that was? That was AC Slater coming down the stairs, pointing at the screen stupid. going, stupid. Stupid. Here's the Dumb. thing, though. Here's the thing. Penn State's played two MAC schools, Purdue, Auburn, and Northwestern. And they beat Northwestern 17-7. to Purdue isn't bad. Purdue's better than anything Michigan's played. 
And Auburn is not good, but they're still fucking Auburn with talent. And it was in Auburn. That's true. It was down on the plane. So, look, it's still – Penn State's schedule compared to Michigan's is still light years fucking harder. Michigan is a fraud. Penn State's not a great team either, but they're still going to beat the living shit out of Michigan. Penn, Penn State's just regular old diarrhea in Michigan's dysentery. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Michigan probably still ends up winning this game, like Jude said, because uh, James Franklin late game management. But I, I think Penn State covers the spread. I think Michigan's going to end up just slogging it to an 11-0 season and then just getting absolutely trucked by Ohio State in the the season finale. Or maybe they get tripped up along the way. I mean, Sparty's got their number, though they don't have a pulse, but... Uh, yeah, so we disagree. Uh, Penn State, Michigan, Penn State. Now, are you guys happy that we disagree because you were uneasy about betting this? Or yeah, you... I'm pretty happy about that. Okay, because I was gonna say I don't know if you didn't sound as pissed last like last weekend. Oh, I'm, I you're taking money. I, I want to I, I be fully vested in this game. So no, Jude, I would have rather you took Penn State because I want to. I really do want to be fully vested. I want to be fully vested in all the games you're picking tonight. I got to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I think so, I think we're gonna get a lot of disagreements this week. I think it's a, that's just a it's a week right unexpected. Forward. Maybe we don't. Um, the next game is uh, I think this is the most interesting game of the week because we we know we think we know that Hennon Hooker is very good at football. Um, it's really good. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 really good. Um. What's the health status of Bryce Young? It's Tuesday. We're sort of at a disadvantage because we still don't know. We haven't heard, you know, Thursday uh, practice. He probably is going to play. If he doesn't, um, you know, I would have taken Tennessee all day. The, 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 that the line is seven and a half probably means that he is playing. Um, but Tennessee is a seven and a half point home dog welcoming the Crimson Tide to Alabama. Are you ready to put money on Josh Heupel? And, uh, and then Hooker, Joshua. I'm going first. Nope, I'm going to go last. Well, look, I, I, I jumped in the DMs on, what, Saturday night or Sunday morning um, saying that I've already taken Tennessee and the seven and a half points because uh, this is this is it. Look, I um, I don't know the status of Bryce Young. I think that does make a difference, but uh, I have been less than impressed with Alabama, and it feels like a little bit like uh, they're skating by. So could they win? Sure. Um, but I think Tennessee keeps it close at the very least. So I'm, I'm, I'm easily Ooh, thinking. Rocky Top, you'll always be home sweet home to me. <laughs> God. Good old Rocky Top. Rocky Top Tennessee. In a in a perfect world, Tennessee beats Alabama. Georgia beats uh, Tennessee, and Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC title game. <laughs> and we have to listen to insufferable. Should three SEC teams be in the playoff? <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> it is coming. And for that reason, I am taking Tennessee because. Oh, fuck yes. 
I think Alabama wins this football game, but I think the the home crowd, the 110,000 at Neyland Stadium are going to be, I mean, even with Bryce Young, they they went to Texas and they kind of had some struggles and they've been a little bit undisciplined with penalties and Will Anderson's been spectacular, but I think Hendon Hooker can make enough plays to keep this game close. Uh, so I'm going to take Tennessee at least cover the spread. See, see, you guys are going with points. I ain't even dealing with all that. Tennessee's getting the win outright in Neyland. The fucking Knoxville Navy coming at you. Hendon Hooker, Heisman winner. I don't know why I'm so excited. The fucking dude. You just love orange jerseys. That's what it's all about. That is true. And Tennessee was a uh, NCAA uh, favorite of mine because of the orange jerseys. But have you seen one of the greatest rap videos of all time that just surfaced recently? Are you talking about the two minute mark of we are ND? <laughs> no, 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 sir. No, 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 Okay. No. I'm talking about uh, Tennessee hillbilly Supreme uh, which should be his name with the giant fucking tattoo of, of a uh, old smoky on his chest and stomach. I mean, it is, it is a sight to behold gentlemen. There's like, and it's not just smoky. It's like smoky as a man, like a, like a bodybuilder, like a fucking huge, like it's almost like this, this guy made smoky a, a, an Egyptian God and put it on the front of his body. And it is, it is wonderful. It's it, there's there's nothing better. That's how I know that Tennessee is going to win this game. So you just don't so get songs like that made. Giga Chad was a furry. Okay, got it. <laughs> so, huh? This next game's fun because all of these games, frankly, are fun. Uh, this is oh, one yeah. of the more enjoyable, enjoyable. Uh, picks that I put together because it's going to be one of the more, hopefully one of the more enjoy. If if the games live up to what I think that they're going to be, we're going to have an all time weekend. Um, and we're just going to be sitting in the seven thirty slot, you know, cheeseburgers, enjoying a, a dub. Um, so TCU bringing to town undefeated Oklahoma state. These are the power players of the big 12 conference. And TCU is a three and a half point favorite over Oklahoma state. And I'm just going to go out there. I'm going to, I'm going to put it out there. I said a lot of mean things about Oklahoma state going into the bowl game. Uh, I, I don't think I was quite, um, you know, I, I don't think that I gave enough credit, uh, specifically to Spencer Sanders that I think that he has proved out this year, uh, to have deserved. I thought, I think Spencer Sanders has been pretty good this year. Um, he had a bad game against Texas Tech last week, and they still managed to find a way to win. Um, I like Oklahoma State in this game to beat TCU. I'm not I'm not sold on TCU. I don't think everybody likes Kansas, and they're sort of like a sweetheart story. But the fact of the matter is, is that you almost lost the game to Kansas's backup quarterback throwing four touchdowns against you in the second half. 
And I think Oklahoma State defensively is better than TCU, and I'm not totally sold on Max Duggan. So give me uh, give me Oklahoma State. So I'll go second. Um, I think these are probably two pretty evenly matched teams, but I, I do tend to gravitate toward. I know that we I made the joke about is it time to talk to your kids about you know an undefeated TCU, but. I actually think that it, it ends this week. I also like uh, Oklahoma State. I think even if it was close, the, um, this game is going to definitely be within uh, three points if Oklahoma State is to lose. But I actually think Oklahoma State's going to to uh, show out this weekend. So I like Oklahoma State actually on the money line, and I'll take the three and a half points too. I uh, am in complete agreement with Jude. I don't think it's going to be close. And I like TCU a lot. I just think Oklahoma State is just absolutely trending upward. They've been playing good all season. <clears throat> I do think uh, Spencer Sanders is the truth. And, I mean, I I don't know. Probably at least 10 points. Oklahoma State's going to win by 10 points, if not more. All right. I'll be putting in the alternate money line for this game. Oklahoma State, uh, plus nine. Got it. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what kind of what kind of plus odds do you get on that? Whoa, that's a that's a good question. Uh, yeah, probably good ones. Good. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. This was the the Jude Seymour special. Jude, I'm gonna let you take the floor because I need you to tell me. What's going to happen when North Carolina State comes to the un say it air conditioned air conditioned bubble formerly known as the Carrier Dome? Syracuse it's is a three and a half point home favorite. Home favorite, three and a half home point home favorite against North Carolina State. Yeah, I mean, year one North Carolina State. Um, year one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, North Carolina is my my team. I picked to to win the ACC. I certainly didn't anticipate Syracuse being where they are right now. Um, they have had a little. They've had some some significant luck in terms of uh, you know escaping against Purdue and then winning the following week uh, against Virginia uh, despite all the turnovers. So I actually think that North Carolina State even though their backup quarterback hasn't completed a pass yet, right? Because they won that game against Florida State last week without him actually uh, completing a pass. Sure. Uh, that could get a little messy, but um, I just kind of believe in the fundamentals of who North Carolina State is. So I'm going to roll with North Carolina State and and grab the three and a half points. Well, Jude, I, I know how logical your mind works. It's nowhere near as fun as being living in fantasy land. Uh, I really want an undefeated and uh, and pumped up Syracuse for Notre Dame for Notre Dame's arrival in a couple of weeks. Uh, I want to. Um, well, I we really want to make undefeated. it hurt. We don't want him undefeated. No, 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 I want him undefeated because I really want to make it hurt for that coward Dino Babers. Nothing. No, there's there's very few three point plays out there that have angered me more than that one. Well, uh, if they're so, undefeated, it means they beat Clemson. Oh, God damn it. That's right. Yeah, we don't want, we don't want them undefeated. We don't we want them humbled. 
We want them humbled after the. We I want mean, them to be honest with you, though, if they beat North Carolina State and Clemson, they're probably top ten, right? Uh, if they beat, yeah, they're probably top. 10. Yeah, but they don't have the. It still doesn't have the cachet of undefeated Clemson. Yeah. Although. Although I mean, you're beating top fifteen, Clemson. But I want them humbled. I want them humbled. Yeah. At any rate, give me Syracuse and the book cover. Um, yeah, so it's a three and a half that gets me. Like it is. That is rough. <laughs> that, that, rough. that hook gets me. If it was one and a half like, would have been nice. It would have been nice. Uh, or a half. It, it would have been nice. Um, cause do I think, I don't know. Like the, the biggest unknown, I guess, is like what, so Syracuse is getting the bye week which, you know, Dino Babers, after the bye week, forget about it. The man is a savant. But, you know, joking aside, like, we don't know what even Dave Dorn is going to be doing. Like, what is their offense? Their offense already wasn't that great to begin with. Um, And now you're telling me that they have a backup quarterback. So, I just... I don't want to put money on a backup quarterback, so I'm going to take some. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I don't feel he, good about it. He looks and, great running. He did not look comfortable passing. So no. And I don't I don't know if you're gonna get the job done against a Syracuse team that that is at the bare minimum, like at at, at the absolute bare minimum, Clemson is or Clemson, North Syracuse is an above average football team. I think that that's fair. I think that's a good assessment, yeah. And I, I you, what? Yeah. So, so I'm not, I, I'll take the above average football team to beat the, the unproven quarter. And maybe UN's, you know, UNSU is going to, North Carolina State's going to put it together. But, you know, Q's coming off the bye week, North Carolina State not knowing what their quarterback can do. We know Drew Pine now. I mean, it took him a game to basically get to be what Drew Pine is now, which is a 80% completion quarterback. Heisman uh, candidate. Heisman candidate. But uh, yeah, I just, I don't feel comfortable with it. So give me cues. Um, well, so that takes us out West Utah in the mountains, bringing into town the media's darling. You should hear people just preening about this USC football team on the I national fucking hate broadcast. this game. I hate this game. Too. I hate this game. I hate this game. I hate too. this game so much. But I'll tell you what. I don't think UNC's passing game is very good, boys. And I don't think Vegas thinks they are either. Utah is a three and a half point favorite. Bringing USC to town. A couple of things. It's hard to win in the mountains of Utah. It's one of the best home field advantages just based off of location in the country. It's hard to win there. Teams teams struggle playing in the mountains up there. And USC is a team that struggles on the road. Um, a lot has been made about USC's resurgent offense and their passing game. Let me tell you, against Oregon State, um, Caleb Williams, 16 for 36. That's 44% completion percentage for those keeping track at home. And then uh, they played against Arizona State on a team that was intentionally losing so their head football coach could be fired. 
And then they come back against Washington State and Caleb Williams goes 15 for 29. That's 51% completion percentage for 188 yards. That's two games against opponents that actually cared to win, not eclipsing the 200-yard passing mark and generally struggling in both football games. Um, something to keep an eye on. That's why is I this a Utah. Is this a day this game, game, a night game? I believe it's at eight o'clock at night, right? Yeah, it's a it's a it's a night game in the mountains. Yeah, well, it's five eight Pacific, o'clock. right? Yeah, five Pacific, but still, that's gonna be dark in the mountains. No, not Pacific because it's mountains. So it's a are they a mountain time? Utah mountain time? I, yeah, yeah, they're mountain time. So yeah, it's six. It's a six six o'clock kick in the mountains. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Utah wins this game obviously outright and they do so in convincing fashion. And there's some questions being raised about USC and Oklahoma fans are able to feel a semblance of joy in an otherwise joyless season. Cause all they have left is schadenfreude. Well, I was trying to find out if, if, if we were going to get a little bit of unseasonably cool weather for this game, Utah, but, uh, yeah, but we're looking at uh, uh, the sun sets at six forty-eight, uh, yeah, the and looking at about going to get them. Right, I'm just saying, like it's fifty-four degrees is what it's going to be for like most of the, like like mid mid fifty mid to low fifties in the for game time. Even for California, Florida people, that's not for football players. That's not bad. No, no, that's they, that's uh, that's good. What that's actually perfect weather for, for football players. For Midwesterners, but that's 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 sweltering. It at like forty five hundred feet of elevation. Rice Eccles. No, I get. Play. No, I get that. I just you put the cold and the elevation together, oh, and that's a recipe, recipe for disaster. Yeah, but one to get. It's just a little formula. Um, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, I hate this game so much. It's 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 going to be a good I, game. Fuck it, man. I mean, just to hell with it. I think USC is a fraud. I'm pretty sure everybody else in this podcast does too as well. Uh, but Utah has let me down already this year a couple of times. Uh, so not uh, not too high on them. And uh, not as high as I was on them, was it last podcast or two podcasts ago when I was like banging the table for Utah? Oh, get, yeah. yeah, it was last. Yeah, UCLA. Last week, it's UCLA. Yeah. You just didn't um, get even DTR. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, 
to hell with it. Give me, give me the Utes. Mm. All right. So I've, I've been betting against a lot of undefeated teams, and I'm thinking this is actually poor practice. But having said that, I just – 3528 is sticking in my head as a as a final score and well I hate it being three and a half and I'd much feel much more comfortable at two and a half. Um I actually think Utah wins this game and I don't know which Caleb Williams is gonna show up uh on Saturday, so I'm pushing my chips in for for Utah. I love that. Mm. Um I do I do very much so love it. Um all right. We got two. Oh, we got three. We got three. Uh, this could be a big week. Um, so brings us to the uh, the game at hand. Notre Dame hosting night game. Are they going to wear green jerseys? I don't know. Marcus Freeman left the door open for it. Players want to wear green jerseys any game this year. Marcus Freeman says, go ahead, wear green jerseys. Uh, it gives a shit. I think that that. I think that probably left the door for Clemson. I think that they're going to do a green out for Clemson. I don't think he's going to go full, full uh, Dan Devine. But uh, I don't think we should wear the blues the rest of the season. I said we wore blues, lost Marshall. You know what? The last two times they've worn blues, they've lost. Marcus Freeman's 0-2 wearing blue jerseys. Never wear them again, Marcus. Put them in the closet. Put them in the closet. Leave them. Put them in the closet. Keep them there. Um, I've made my feelings known about what I think Stanford is. I think I pontificated long enough. Um, I'm taking Notre Dame and I think Notre Dame is going to win this game handily. I think they're, they're going to get North of 40, um, without a problem. I think Stanford probably ends up getting like 20, 24 points, but Notre Dame puts 45 easy. Um, they don't have an answer for Michael Mayer. No one has an answer for Michael Mayer. And they're one of the worst rushing defenses in college football, uh, which bodes ill, uh, when playing Notre Dame. So give me Notre Dame easy. Uh, yeah, I'm say. Uh, 48 to 23 to 23. Mm-hmm. Oof, that's a, that's a lot of, damn, that's a big over. <clears throat> well, I'm go ahead, Josh. I was just say, I'll, yeah, I'll go. Go ahead. Give me Notre Dame. They'll cover. I do think that you're going to see a, <clears throat> a a lot of Andre Kestame, a lot of Logan Diggs. Uh, I thought I heard some rumblings about an ankle with Chris Tyree from the game. Um, so maybe a little bit of rest uh, for the young man. Um, maybe Payne? this is the time. Yeah, maybe this is the time to, if you're going to use a third back, maybe uh, give Payne a little action. I mean, he's got five games we could burn. Um you know, we got right now. Our running back room is deep, so maybe maybe this is a game you want to use him and kind of rest Tyree a little bit. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. But I think Notre Dame's going to run wild. Michael Mayer's going to get his Heisman candidate. Uh, I I want to see I want to see Jay, more Jaden Thomas. Uh, what I thought for the BYU game was finally Notre Dame. Like it doesn't really matter if you had two or three wide receivers that you could rely on, but you needed more than one. And the one was Lorenzo styles. So it looked, it appears that Jaden Thomas is a guy that they could start to rely on. He's got to prove that, you know, again, Drew Pine has been excellent. He has been 
much better than anything I would have ever gave him credit for um, before the season started. Like he's proved me wrong over and over again the last few weeks. Uh, and I'm terribly happy to admit that. Uh, but <clears throat> I want to see more of uh, Jaden Thompson in the mix. I want to see, uh, see this defense get after it. I don't want to, without using the fucking safety blitz. Um, yeah, so Notre Dame, I don't think there's going to be as many points scored as what Brennan's got there. That's a lot. Uh, I do think Notre Dame cracks the 40, so give me Notre Dame 45, Stanford 17. A full field goal last year. You fucking go. asshole. You fucking asshole. <laughs> I was literally going to say 45-17. Okay. Stanford? Well, so, you, so you can't take it? Are you the only people in the world here? I can, but it doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't, it feels like it doesn't have the cachet, does it? It doesn't have the cachet anymore. I'm over it. Uh, Okay, look, I just, I think Notre Dame wins this game. I think they win handily. Um, I'll I'll drop it for the sake of of dropping it, but I do like the over 53 on this. So let's say 42 14. I mean, we're all sort of, in the same weeds. It's just how much do we believe in groupie, right? <laughs> Dude's got a miss. In the I cup. just, I don't like, I just don't see Stanford getting the 23 points. I, I could be wrong. I don't but either. That, that's, that's high. Stanford gets to 23 points this year. It's just something they do. They do. Um, so, so far they've scored <laughs> against. That's their thing, man. I'm throwing Colgate out the window. They've scored 28, 22, 27, and 27. They, they, Tanner McKee is competent enough that, uh, in the second half, he is in Notre Dame's good to give up, you know, some bust and coverage. I, I, I see Stanford scoring 20 some odd obnoxious points where we're just like, I want you to score zero. I want this to be like Texas, Oklahoma. That's just the thing for for me is they've scored 20 plus every game this year. So that's why I had to put them in the 20s. But this is also a team that (laughs) they have nothing to play for. They're completely dejected. Their coach admitted that they were dejected after last week. And he's like, we just need a taste of some. Here's the here's the quote, um, because it's hilarious how like sad it is. This team just needs to taste it. They need to taste what it feels like to win and experience that. That is the saddest quote ever from a man that's been in a job for a decade plus. <laughs> I just, I here's the punting from. We don't understand all the agreement we had this tonight. That's a lot. It's a lot, but. I think we had a lot of agreement last week and it worked out pretty well for, for the home, for the, for the boys, right? For the boys. Yep. Okay. Okay. Let's win some money, gents. I wouldn't um, mind it. It, it. it doesn't have to be an official pick, but I do love, I do want to get some quick thoughts on uh, LSU, Florida. I believe LSU is a two and a half point dog to Florida. In As Florida. they should be. Yeah, if you want to bring up any of them that aren't officially on the, po- I am always willing to talk nationally on college football stuff. 
Well, there's a lot going on this weekend. I, I wouldn't mind. I mean, there's a ton. Yeah. Do you guys want to riff on some some national stuff? Because like, I mean, we just had the five games. For yeah. The let's. Hits, but like, there's a ton let's, let's, of stuff. Let's take let's take about ten ten minutes here. I think we can go through okay. some games. But Jude Jude brought up the game that we really should, I want to keep an eye on though is that LSU Florida game for multiple reasons, and that's because fuck Brian Kelly. <laughs> but. Is it only two and a half points? Yeah, that's what I'm looking at here. Um, yeah, I haven't looked on DraftKings, but um, yeah, it's three on DraftKings. So okay. Florida laying three. I love that over 51 and a half. I really do think it would go over pretty easily. So that's where I'm going to, instead of putting it on the money line or on the, on the spread, I think I'm going to put it on the over, but I just, I think, I think Florida smashes LSU. I don't know. I, I'm, I, if, I'm liking if, that at like 10 points. If Florida smashes LSU or even just beats LSU, the wheels come off pretty quick for um, for Brian Kelly's team. Like, have you seen what their schedule looks like? Because if you lose to Florida, you're suddenly looking at like, let me let me just let me just get it. You play Florida this week, then you play currently undefeated Old Miss, then you play Alabama, Arkansas is a winnable game, UAB is a winnable game, and then you play Texas A&M. I mean, the wheels can come off in a hurry. I mean, te- Arkansas, I don't think is great. Their gamey team is in Fayetteville, and Texas A&M is in you know College Station, Sakai Field. So if you don't pick up this game against Florida, that's going to be a problem for you getting bowl eligibility when you were spotted games against, you know, you had a a four win spot. I mean, then you got to pick up two games looking at, you know, Old Miss, Alabama, Arkansas, UAB and Texas A&M in order to get bowl eligible. So this is an inflection point for LSU. Uh, the other game that intrigues me is the BYU Arkansas game. What does BYU have in the tank after being disrespected by Notre Dame so heavily? Well, and their I, fans have a shitload in the tank. I think the line has moved pretty significantly on this, right? I think it opened at BYU minus three, and I'm just checking now. They're at plus one and a half now. I'm very tempted to take uh, BYU in the points. Oh, or maybe just take them on the money line because it's plus one hundred on the money line. They could be Arkansas. I mean, I think I think Arkansas is going to beat them worse than we did. Oh, not no by like it's not going to look. It's not going to see the funny thing about the Notre Dame BYU game is Notre Dame just absolutely handled them, but just the way shit went, it was close in points, right? Sure, couple, a couple of big blown plays. I think Arkansas is going to win by like. 10 to 10 to 14 points in this game. Wow. Okay. But it's just not going to look as pretty as Notre Dame's eight point. You know, I, I know it sounds stupid, but I mean, watch football. You know what I'm fucking talking about? I, th- I think BYU's team is going to have a hard time, hard time handling, handling business like that. 
It's just funny because both these teams are lousy against the spread. Two, both of them are two and four against the spread <laughs> this this year so far. So I don't know, Brendan. Any deep thoughts about this game? The, I mean, I just Arkansas I, I just on a three-game losing streak. Arkansas on a three-game losing streak. Everything changed for them in that Texas A&M game with the the turnover inside the twenty, where they would have went up multiple scores. And they since played, that they point, played Bama tough for a minute. But I mean, you know. Well, and they and they also tried to give away the opening game against Cincinnati, which I watched, and Cincinnati just refused to take it. I just. Yeah. yeah. In, in Cincinnati, you yeah, they just. I'm. I mean, it's a big game for Arkansas to salvage their season. Like if we if we want to talk about teams trying to salvage their season, I mean Arkansas. If you look at it, what they have left on the schedule. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a similar thing where, you know, if, if you lose this game against BYU, um, you're looking at games with, you know, you have Ole Miss and you have LSU Liberty's pretty gamey. Um, I think Auburn's certainly very winnable, but I mean, you're a three and three football team. You got to pick did, up. Where did Arkansas start the season out ranked? And they were, Top 15, right? Top 15 uh, team, was it? They were like 20, but maybe not. Oh. Hmm. I kept I kept thinking they were a little higher up there. Maybe my expectations of Arkansas were a little more than that. I don't know. Arkansas week one was um, 19. Okay. Okay. That seems, ac- that seemed accurate, I guess, more at the time. Hey, let's stay in the SEC for a second. Let's talk about, I mean, Jesus, let's talk about Mississippi State. Five and one. There were yeah. one losses to fucking Brian Kelly and LSU, a 31-16 game. Other than that, <clears throat> Mississippi State's five wins, 49-23, 39-17, 45-14, 42-24, 40-17, which was just against Arkansas last week. There's a vibe going there. If Mississippi State gets to 40 points, they win. Against Kentucky, though, was pretty good. Reeling Kentucky, though, because you, I mean, you, you had your backup against South Carolina, but still, like, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, who is who's Kentucky beaten this year? They beaten Miami, Ohio, Florida. You beaten Youngstown State in Northern Illinois. You've basically played and- the Ohio Valley and Florida. And then you got Shane Beamer just dissing you all over TikTok. Dunking on you. Dunking hard. And good for him. And it's a, it's a night hell. game at home. So that helps. But I don't know, man. I don't know who's going to win this game, but uh, over 46 seems like the, the play here. I, just, I, I think both these teams are definitely able to get to 24 points. So is this a, the over-under set at 46? 46, yeah. That's low. This yeah, is take, Jesus Christ. Hammer that. Yeah. Take that. Take that I mean, shit. Holy Mississippi shit. States eclipsed 35 points in every game, but the LSU game, Mississippi state's going to fo- score 46 points alone. Kentucky's <laughs> going to score over 40. This is going to be a 46, 40 ball game. Well, you watch. Just, it's just going to, it's, it's just going to be, it's going to be pac 12 after dark. Mississippi state has against FBS opponent, or I guess power five opponents average 23 points a game. 
But I think I think. Yeah, I mean, I've, I really feel like this 27, 24 or higher is is definitely doable for both these teams. I, I think over 46 is the play here. Um, I, I just I'm not sure about Kentucky. Um, six and a half is tempting, but I, I just I'm kind of with Josh in that. I don't know. I don't know, but I, I do know I do know I like the over 46. I like the over 46 too. I think that that's free money, but it's uh, you here nor there. How about Clemson and Florida State? <laughs> this is the yeah. line that gets me. This this line is absolutely buck wild. <laughs> right? I mean, what going into the year, and I if I asked you what was the line for Clemson and uh, Florida State. And if I told you that I'd Clemson say was only eight, and I'd say like seventeen, right? Yeah, thirteen and a half. Three and a half. Oof. I know it's insane. Clemson coming off just an absolutely brutal loss to a team that lost their quarterback, and you couldn't get to twenty points, and you're only a three and a half point dog. You mean, dog. you mean Florida State? Florida State yeah, coming Florida off State. that loss? Yeah. Coming off a, you couldn't, you couldn't even manage uh, twenty points, and you're only a three and a half point home dog. Yeah, this, I don't know what, I don't know what Vegas knows, but I feel like Clemson's comfortable here. I think they are too, but it's just like, I don't know, they just, they just have not looked impressive. That, but that's not to say that they can't handle Florida State, though. I mean, but I get, they didn't I get look the vibe of last unim- week, but they still managed to beat their opponent by 28 points. Right. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like they didn't look impressive against SC state. They won by 10. I mean, wake was a double overtime game, but I mean, they just have not looked impressive. So uh, in a way, like, all right, three and a half points, your favorite on the road. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess as a right, like preseason, I would have said 13 and a half. Jude said he would say 17. But if I was setting this, I guess if I was setting this line, I probably would have made Clemson like a eight and a half point favorite. Sounds. Sounds more accurate. But I'm not yeah, the one setting the line. I honestly think I'm, I'm not sure about the. I mean, the over-under is 51, but I'm not sure about that. But the Clemson three and a half seems like my my most – my favorite play here. I think you slam the under on this one. I think you slam the under too because I don't think Florida State's getting north of – Yeah, because it, be like, it could be like a 38-10 game, right? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. Is... Hmm. Any other games that this sparked your interest? Uh, North Carolina Duke sounds like a great basketball game. It uh, could be a good football game. North, North Carolina is going to finish the season fucking 11 and one. Uh, North Carolina is going to finish the season 11 and one. Go look at their schedule. You're not lying. Go look at their schedule. Brennan had, Brennan had me on that the other day. Yeah, I was like, I didn't even co- I didn't come back. I was so I was so pissed. Go look at North Carolina's schedule. And you tell me why they're not going to finish eleven and one. And then you're like, 
North Carolina is not finishing. Did you see their the way that their defense played? Get out of here, Brennan. You're full of trash. You're a trash man. And then you go and you look and you go, oh, they're playing Duke this week. Then they're playing Pitt at home. Then at Virginia, at Wake Forest in a shootout. So that's 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 what could get them. That's tough. Georgia Tech and at home against NC State. I think that if if they get into shootouts, um, beat NC State in a shootout, tell you that much. Uh, Wake Forest could be the thing that keeps them from going 11-1, and maybe they go 10-2, but they are a 10-11 win team. When I look at North Carolina because their schedule is that, that garbo. But that's, uh, that's life in the uh, Coastal, man. That is life in the Coastal. Drinking the Georgia Tech ran the triple water. option. Still, I, I'd count that as a loss. So... Okay. What do you think about what do you what do you think about the under sixty seven on this? Because I mean, North Carolina gets <laughs> points; they score a lot of points. But even if it's like a thirty four thirty one game or whatever, that's still under. If it's North Carolina, I just feel like, in good conscience, you have to take the over. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's always a smart play. I mean, 67 is a lot of points, though. For They wouldn't have hit it last week with Miami. So right. there, there's that. Um, but I just feel like if I What's have spread? to bet. What's Seven. the spread on this game again? Seven? I mean, yeah, I I could see a like a, a 42 – shit, like a 42-33 game. Why is yeah. that not a thing? I mean, I'm getting 67.5 on DraftKings. I think I'm going to take the under. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong, but. I've been very conservative this year with the over-unders, and I have been wrong a lot. Like I, yeah. My over-under my over under is not even, not even close to my money line and, well, and spread. Joshua, if you, if you feel bad, just remember that last week, Bill Connolly's SP plus went 26 and 31 against the spread. Um, with a median error of 10.2, and they were um, 27, 28, and two in over unders. So why would I why would I feel bad about fake math? It's just it's, <laughs> well, it's I'm just, just saying fake math. What's that don't, proof? Don't, don't feel bad because it could always get worse. <laughs> it's fake math. This doesn't even exist. That's just a social construct. It's just it's, no, like it's just numbers people. in the air. Uh, Brennan, how's your how's your Central Michigan Chippewas looking? They're not looking great, man. I'm not. Uh, I thought I thought Big Lou and the boys would uh, be a little bit better than they are. I I'm honestly not, did too. I'm. I think that uh, there's a, a lot of meat left on the bone for the old sharp fucker. Oh, there's a lot of meat on the bone. There's a lot of meat on the bone. They're own two in conference. They are one and five overall, and their only win against is against Bucknell. They lost to South Alabama, man. So how can I be excited? They lost to Ball State for God's sake. Uh, is so, there is there any hope for anybody to win the West other than Toledo? No, Toledo's running away with this. I think Toledo's the the class of the conference. Um, well, they have uh, four picks. You do know that one guy with four picks. You do know that Toledo has to come to the factory, right? Yeah, and in front of uh, the West, the West Division, the West Division title runs through Ypsilanti. Maybe, 
We'll, we'll see. I mean, it's not like Eastern Michigan didn't uh, get their pants pulled down and pushed over and fell into a, a giant cow turd when they played Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo, who is also 3-0 in conference right now. Buffalo's a good team. Uh, current home of former Notre Dame uh, quarterback Caleb Offord. Yeah, you can go to Buffalo, though. I lost the Holy Cross. <laughs> Sorry, Philip. <laughs> yeah, hey, it's, did- a, it's a down year. It, you know, it is a down year for the Mac, though. The Mac is trash this year. Let's just be honest. I mean, Eastern got Herm Edwards fired. They did. Yeah, they did. That's um, that. I mean, we we flag. flew the flag. We we broke we broke out the flag. We it, it but it has. You're right though. It hasn't been flown enough. Kent State put up a valiant effort against Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. Uh, uh, but there hasn't been. I mean. It, did Purdue play any MAC teams this year? Because I kind of feel I kind of feel like we're we're missing our Purdue win. <laughs> you know, I think well half of Purdue's schedule is uh, is um, MAC schools. Uh, how many how many games did Purdue play against the MAC this year? I feel like at least two. Um, maybe did, they haven't played even. Uh, I don't think they played any of them, have they? Houston, FIU. This is a rare year where Purdue. Yeah, yeah, no Mac for Purdue. Oh, I mean, that should scare the. They're probably done with it after, after you know all the losses they've had to deal with. I'll just wait till next year when Purdue's got like three of them on there. And we joke, but <laughs> Purdue probably does have. No, no, I I would totally believe that. If someone told me that. No, I totally believe that Michigan would probably have to. Listen to this. Have it as well. They they're ducking the Mac until 2025. Cowards. State. Cowards. Yeah. Look at them, Terrible. Look at them ducking. Look at them duck. Duck. Uh, duck Mac. Cowards. Hey, and if you're listening to this and you're like, hey, I'm a Mac fan too. And you're looking for some quality gear, head on over to Homefield. Homefieldapparel.com. Sweet Eastern gear, some Western gear over there. If you're uh, just a dipshit who went to Kalamazoo. I uh, got some essential gear up there. I know Jude's loving his Eastern uh, script shirt, aren't you, buddy? I am very much so. I'm just we're, we are now into hoodie season here in uh, upstate New York, so I am I'm wearing the full uh, t- Tulane tuxedo tonight. So yeah, I was rocking my Eastern uh, hoodie uh, last weekend for uh, the boys' football in the morning. It was nice. I was nice and cozy. Loved it. And if you use the code one foot. Your first order over at home field, you save 15%. They're just busting out. I mean, maybe maybe you're a Western fan, but you don't want to really show it. And But you like the color brown. They just released a whole Wyoming collection. Uh, they got their own Pistol Pete, which is the exact same Pistol Pete as Oklahoma State's. Uh, but again, if you like the colors brown and yellow, they got you covered. Uh, the Eastern, the East Carolina collection was, was pretty dope. Um, Marquette, they just released new Marquette gear today. Uh, a lot of good, a lot of good stuff going on over there. It is hoodie season, and you can use a search tab over there. It just has all their sweatshirts and all their hoodies. Go find you one. Go, go find a fun one. Uh, there's all sorts of good stuff there. I got, I got this uh, Fairfield oatmeal hoodie that I just, it just has a giant stag on it. I love it. 
It's like <laughs> it's like one of the cool things to look at. I don't know. Uh, but check that out over at Homefield, homefieldapparel.com for the most comfortable college apparel you can find. Well, gentlemen, I think we're past the point of no return, which was sometime uh, during a review that uh, dissed the burritos. So let's finish this off. Jude, what do you got in the tank? I just want to make a one note. Um, I don't know if you guys caught it, but uh, Jackie Young was actually honored uh, at the um, at the game in Las Vegas, which is perfect because she's uh, she played for Las Vegas Aces. So I thought it was very cool to uh, to give some recognition to her at, at one of the you know TV timeouts or whatever. So uh, kudos to Jackie Young again for for winning the uh, the the uh, WNBA championship with the Las Vegas Aces and obviously attending uh, the Notre Dame BYU game and. To the extent that she was a lucky charm, we appreciate that too. So that's it. Okay. Brendan, my friend, what do you got left in the tank? Uh, nothing. It is a uh, spooky season. My house is um, adorned. It's We're getting to Christmas levels of outdoor decorations at this point. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, bought my first uh, Halloween inflatable uh, decoration. Um, Where'd you go? Probably- Where'd you get it? You know, I went to Home Depot. Oh, they don't got Menards up there. No, we got Menards. Um, say yeah, big no, money. Menards you do say big money Menards, but no, doers get things done. Um, yeah, but you get that 11% rebate. You just, I, just keep going back. You know, I've never used an 11% rebate, and I probably spent like a grand at Menards over the last year. I uh, never use them unless I spend like over like three, four hundred dollars. And I keep telling myself, like, I'm just going to keep I'm just going to keep going Menards for everything. I'm going to buy light bulbs there. I'm going to buy cereal there. I don't buy everything there. I never do. I never do. Um, Yeah, I mean, we're not done. I'm probably going to add something else to the mix um, before the year's out because the kids love it. And the the interior of the house is all decorated. Um, Christy's. uh, uh, You know, she's she's distraught because uh, Home Goods has already moved on to the Christmas season. For all of their uh, for all of their wares, um, she is a everybody has everybody has Target did it. too. It's it's October. I, it's, let me let me. Buy. You know what it is? You know what it is? It is it is ESPN and college football season. It is Everyone exactly just wants like to It's like Pete Sampson pushing pushing everything towards Clemson. Stop. Yeah, it. Let's just forget, let's forget about Halloween. Let's forget about Thanksgiving for Christ's sakes. Listen. On November 1st, I will be listening to Christmas music until the new year. But it is not November 1st. It's October 12th. Let me enjoy the Halloween season. Come on, guys. Stop putting Absolutely. out Christmas stuff. It's absurd. But people won't stop buying it. So you have to. It's a catch-22. Because if you don't buy it now, it's all gone. It's all gone. Which is the fallacy. I sent a, like a DM and I was like, Look at look at Home Goods because you know we go to Home Goods every week and I was like look at Home look at these idiots at Home Goods putting out Halloween stuff in like August ha 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 and it's like well now it's October and it's like I wish I would have bought that Halloween stuff in August yeah and next August I fucking have to buy the Halloween stuff because they're gonna not it's, have it ready to go. You mean next July? Yeah, next July is it keeps getting pushed out. When's Halloween in March? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, shit. Well, I have some uh, some kind of sad news here. Not some kind of, some sad news here. Uh, former Notre Dame 
defensive lineman Ethan Johnson uh, has been missing for three days now. Uh, I'll read the news release if you haven't seen it yet uh, out of Vancouver. Uh, Vancouver Police Department is asking for the public's help locating a missing man. Ethan Johnson, 32, was last seen on or about October 8th in the area 5585 Evergreen Boulevard. Police said Johnson suffers from traumatic brain injury as well as mental illness manifesting in schizoaffective disorder, paranoid schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, and suffers from depression. He is supposed to be on medication, but police said it's unknown if he is current on his dosage. Johnson is described as 6 feet 5 inches tall, weighing 210 pounds, with brown hair and brown eyes. He has a birthmark on his left ear and a mole near his right eye. If seen, police ask that you do not attempt to contact but alert emergency services instead. And once again, as much as we love the sport of football, we see the awful price and penalty for our favorite players and these warriors on the field that they pay in life. And there's no way, no, there's no way that all these brain injuries and mental disorders that Ethan Johnson is going through right now aren't related one shape or another uh, with his years of playing football. Um, and this is, this really is the, the sad, dark underbelly of the sport. And as we saw uh, just a few weeks ago in Miami um, with Tua basically getting put out like, like a gladiator that no one cares if they live or lives or dies. This is just, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I really don't know what to say. It's, it's yeah, Josh, so much of this reading that release reminded me of everything that's going on with Brandon Hoy. And it just, exactly. It's the first it just, thing I thought of. Yeah. A- absolutely. Underscores the point that you're making, which is, you know, we, we, there needs to be something, um, in terms of not only player safety during the game, but also some sort of, um, you know, checking in or some sort of system in which, you know, Notre Dame is, is aware of its alums and especially those who have given sacrificed their bodies on the football field for them. So, um, I just, I pray for a, um, successful conclusion of the search. And, um, I don't know what success means in this, in this instance, but, um, it's just, it's incredibly unfortunate. And Ethan Johnson was amazing to play for and it just breaks breaks your heart to think of that he's now in a really tr- troubled state of mind so prayers to him and and to his family and everyone who loves him every every year Notre Dame makes a big deal out of sending a big box full of t-shirts and and sweatshirts and shorts and shit to its NFL alums as an appreciation to them playing at Notre Dame, a big box of shit that they could fucking pay for with 10 minutes of their contract money. And I never hear anything about Notre Dame reaching out to its former players just to check up on them, just to see how you're doing. You never, you never, you just don't. Now you, there was a, you know, the push with, uh, with spring game and Marcus Freeman bringing back a lot of guys. And there was a lot of guys that came back that hadn't been back there in a while. And I think that is a, a nice starting point. I really do. Um, to For the program and the university to keep a little closer tabs on these guys. But they need to do more without question. They need to do more because it's the right thing to do 
It's the humane thing to do. But if you want to throw something else on, it's the right thing for your program to do. You need to be seen that you fucking care about these guys and about what they do. You say four for 40. We better fucking mean it because these guys gave you four years. Ethan Johnson, I think, gave you five years. So figure it out. You're a smart school. Jude went there for God's sakes. He's five times smarter than me. Figure it out. Figure something out. Get your shit together. Get a point, man. Do something. Get a committee. Whatever the fuck you have to do. I mean, Jesus Christ, the fuck are you doing? How many more of these guys? I mean, how many more? There is a long list. There is a long list of former Irish players, and they are not old. These guys are younger than me that are either in jail, big trouble, dead. And most of this stems from their playing time at Notre Dame and in high school. Do better. Well, I'm, usually this is Jude leaving this. And I thought I thought you'd have this on the docket, Jude. But. Well, I know how much Ethan Johnson means to you. I remember talking about him a lot with the Hawaii Bowl and figured probably he had something to say. So, All right. Well, that's it for us. Now. I'm going to turn my happy face back on and say, I am fucking excited as hell about this weekend coming up. Um, this is going to be a, uh, a quality, quality college football weekend. Uh, something you can enjoy. Uh, if you're going up to Notre Dame, enjoy the, uh, the brisk temperatures coming your way, uh, which is great football weather. Um, and uh, be safe out there. Have a great time. So for Jude, for Brennan, for everybody over at One Foot Down, thanks for listening, and as always, go Irish.